Section 1 of A Commentary on the Epistle to the Romans. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. A Commentary on the Epistle to the Romans by John Calvin, translated by Francis Sibson. Dedication Dedication, John Calvin, to Simon Grenet, a gentleman of the most tried worth, wishes health. I remember when about three years ago we entered into familiar conversation with each other concerning the best method of explaining scripture that you very much approved of the same plan which appeared to me the most eligible for both of us thought that the chief excellence of an interpreter consisted in a perspicuous brevity and indeed since almost his only duty is to unfold the mind of the writer whom he hath undertaken to explain he misses his mark or certainly wanders in some measure from his design in proportion as he withdraws his readers from this object we were therefore desirous that of the number of those who intend at present to assist divinity by writing commentaries some one might arise who made plainness his chief study while he laboured not to retard too much the progress of the student by prolix commentaries and although i know that this opinion is not universally received and its opponents adduce arguments in support of their sentiments yet i cannot be induced to relinquish my attachment to brevity but since there is a great variety in the human character and different minds approve of different plans it is indeed right for every one to enjoy his own view of the subject provided he is not desirous to make all others submit to his own laws such conduct will prevent the friends of brevity from rejecting or despising the labours of those who are more copious and diffuse in explaining the books of scripture while on the other hand the supporters of an opposite opinion will not reject ours though regarded by them as too compendious and concise i felt it my duty to make a trial of the aid i could afford the church of god by my own labour i have not indeed now the confidence to think that i have attained such a method of writing commentaries as then appeared to us the best nor did I expect it would be in my power to reach such perfection when I commenced. But I have attempted to adopt a style of writing which might prove me to have kept such a plan steadily in view. Since I am unfit to form a judgment of my own work, I leave it to you and to characters like yours to determine the success which has attended my efforts. I am fully satisfied that many will blame my design for daring to make a trial of this epistle of Paul in preference to any other, for since so many writers of distinguished learning have already laboured in explaining the Romans, we may fairly conclude that no room remains for others to produce anything superior to what has already been published. I confess, indeed, though I hoped to write something worthy of attention, yet I was at the first deterred by entertaining in my mind a fear lest I might be accused of rashness if I should undertake this labour after so many authors of distinguished merit. Many ancient and modern writers have explained this epistle, nor could they devote their attention to a better object, since whoever understands this epistle has a way opened to the knowledge of the whole scriptures. I say nothing of the ancient commentators whose piety, erudition, holiness, and antiquity have secured for them so much authority as prevents us from treating with contempt any work which they have produced. It is unnecessary for me to enumerate all our living commentators on this epistle, and I will only give my opinion of the most distinguished. Philip Melanchthon, on account of his singular learning, industry, and skill in every kind of knowledge, hath cast more light upon this epistle than any of his predecessors. 
but as his chief intention seems to have been the discussion of such passages as particularly required observation while he dwells upon these he designedly omits many things which are calculated to baffle in some measure persons of ordinary ability melanchthon was followed by bullinger who hath deservedly obtained great praise for he has very much distinguished himself by uniting ease with learning at last Busa has completed the whole by publishing his lucubrations on this epistle for this commentator as you know is distinguished by recondite learning by a copious acquaintance with many subjects by the perspicuity of his genius by the extent of his reading and his many and various other attainments which give him a decided superiority over the greatest part of his contemporaries place him on an eminence where few can come in competition with him and almost none are entitled to carry from him the palm of victory this expositor is also justly entitled to the peculiar praise of a minuteness and diligence in interpreting scripture which give him a superiority over any writer of the present time to wish therefore to contend with writers of such unrivalled excellence as it would i confess be a proof of too presumptuous an emulation so it never even entered my mind that i should deprive them of the least portion of their celebrity let their favour and authority with the public which all good men acknowledge they deserve remain unimpaired this i hope will be granted me that no production of man ever attained such consummate perfection as not to leave room for the industry of their successors to improve either by polishing or adorning or illustrating with respect to myself i dare only declare that i consider this work might not be wholly without its use and i have been induced to commence it from no other cause than the good of the church besides i expected that in consequence of my different manner of writing i should incur no envy from imitation which i had the greatest cause to fear for melanchthon has attained his object by illustrating the most necessary chapters and he omitted many which ought not to be neglected while this author was engaged on such subjects as were of the greatest consequence he could have no desire to prevent others from also examining such parts as merited their attention Busa is too prolix to be read hastily by persons who are distracted by other employments, and too sublime to be understood by men in the lower ranks of life, and who are unable to devote their undivided attention to his writings. For whatever subject he handles, the incredible fertility of genius in which he excels supplies him with such a fund of matter that he does not know when to give over writing since however the former of these commentators has not examined every passage and the latter in too diffuse a manner to be read in a short time my plan seemed likely to have no appearance of emulation i doubted however for some time whether it would be better for me to glean as it were a few grapes after the labours of such distinguished men and of other writers which i might so collect together as to be useful to persons of moderate talents or to compose an uninterrupted commentary in which many things would necessarily be repeated that all or at least some of them had already mentioned but since they frequently vary from each other and thus occasion much difficulty to readers not distinguished for acuteness and in a state of hesitation concerning the opinion which they ought to adopt i thought my labour might be useful if by pointing out the best interpretation i relieved those of the trouble of judging who are not of themselves able to form any certain conclusion particularly as i intended to treat every subject so concisely that my readers would not lose much time while they found in my commentary the sentiments of others in fine i did my utmost to prevent any of my readers from having just cause to complain of many needless and superfluous observations in this commentary i say nothing of its usefulness which however impartial judges will perhaps after reading confess to be greater than i dare modestly promise 
it is proper that i excuse myself for occasionally dissenting or certainly differing a little from others the word of god ought to be held by us in such veneration that it should be distracted as little as possible by a variety of our interpretations for the scripture is thus i know not how shorn of its majesty particularly if it is not done with much selection and with great sobriety and if it is considered sacrilegious to contaminate anything dedicated to god no defence can be made for him who handles with impure or improperly prepared hands one of the most sacred of all our earthly blessings on this account rashly to turn the scriptures into various senses and to wanton with them as in sport which has frequently for a good while been now done by many is a degree of boldness nearly allied to sacrilege we ought however always to observe that men distinguished for the zeal of piety and who handle the mysteries of god with a deep sense of religion and sobriety have by no means on all occasions agreed among themselves in their interpretations of scripture for god never designed so to bless his servants that each of them was endowed with a full and perfect understanding on every point and this was permitted no doubt for the purpose of our being preserved first in a state of humility and secondly in the exercise of brotherly love and communion since therefore we have no cause to expect in this present life what otherwise is very much to be desired to agree constantly with each other in understanding the various passages of scripture every effort is to be used that we depart from the opinions of our predecessors and superiors induced by no passion for novelty impelled by no desire of reproving others instigated by no hatred provoked by no ambition but compelled by necessity alone and seeking nothing else than the good of others we should adopt this plan in explaining scripture and less liberty ought to be taken in the doctrines of religion in which the lord is particularly desirous that the minds of his people should harmonize my readers will easily observe that i have had a regard to both but since it is not becoming me either to determine or pronounce anything concerning myself i willingly refer to you for a judgment on this work and if all men justly submit for the most part to your decision i ought to yield to it in all things for the more intimately i am acquainted with you by familiar intercourse which generally diminishes something of the high opinion we form of others the more is my value and esteem of you heightened all men of learning also agree in regarding you with distinguished honour and estimation farewell strasbourg eighteenth october fifteen thirty nine end of section one